Hi, we are the ADHD Skills Lab podcast. My name is Sky, And my name is Sarah. And we will be your hosts, chatting to you about practical ADHD strategies you can use, the research behind some of these strategies, as well as interviewing other professionals with ADHD about how they've developed skills and working through struggles in their lives. You might know us from Unconventional Organization, where we talk about this kind of stuff all day long. So we're super excited to have you along and we're gonna chat through it together. David Greenwood is the author of the popular book, Overcoming Distractions, Thriving with Adult ADHD, and the host of the podcast of the same name. He has worked in many spaces, almost always as an entrepreneur, including owning a karate school, which I didn't know, a restaurant near Boston, and starting his own public relations firm. Today, David provides ADHD and burnout coaching to support adults with ADHD. Welcome, David. It's great to have you on the pod. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, having me on. I truly appreciate it. Yeah, no problem at all. And just, yeah, for those of you who don't know, I've been on David's podcast as well, an excellent one. So yeah, it's really great to have you. You're a great resource. So I thank you for your (laughs) advice and wisdom and everything else. Yeah, no worries. No worries at all. So why don't we start just by talking about where you're based in the world? Because we obviously have a lot of people from different spaces. I'm just outside of Boston, Massachusetts, born and bred here. I only moved maybe 20 miles from where I was born. So I've pretty much stuck it out here my entire life. And what about your ADHD diagnosis story? You know, I've talked a little bit with people about their ADHD and a lot of times it's it's a late diagnosis, but it sounds like for you that wasn't the case. You know, I have to admit, given that I am a child of the 60s, I don't actually recall the actual (laughs) diagnosis. I could go on for longer than we have here about all the things that I did as a kid. There were probably massive red flags. And honestly, yeah, I think a lot of us in this space know that probably the diagnosis or the process was probably very much different Mm. 20, 30, 40 plus years ago. So yeah, yeah. But I was, I was a Ritalin kid. But yeah, I don't, I don't really, I'm sure I had some official diagnosis, but it's been so long. I'm... Yeah, definitely. So when was the first time the idea of ADHD really entered your consciousness? Was it when you were younger as well? Or was that something you just, you were on Ritalin, you didn't really know like the reasons for it or anything like that? Yeah, I can't say that I really probably had any type of self-awareness mm-hmm. when I was a child. I mean, I, I write about it right in the beginning of of overcoming distractions where I tired my mother out. And there was a point where I was sick for about a week and mm-hmm. um, she wouldn't let me go out. That was when your your parents wouldn't let you even go outside on the front lawn or anything. And she would take my temperature every day. And then finally mm-hmm. one day she took my temperature and it was normal. And she said, you can go out. So I just went berserk and I ran for the front door and it was all glass. One of those, what they call storm doors here. And I didn't hit the handle and I went right through the glass and down the stairs. <laughs> there were stairs as well. Yep. And oh. into the front yard and there were band-aids all over me. And I think mm-hmm. that was probably one of those points where they decided that they probably needed to see the doctor and see what the hell was wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah. It could have happened to anybody. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah. You know what? I'm your typical boy with ADHD, hyper in class not very good grades. High school was a complete train wreck for me. I remember not even remembering where I had to go to the next class. I was just completely in the fog. Somehow I clawed my way out of high school, but 
it wasn't yeah. a great experience for me. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can relate to that for sure. So yeah. with all of this, what made you decide to write Overcoming Distractions? You know, that's such a an interesting shift. I mean, a book is no joke in terms of the amount of effort <laughs> and insight it takes. Well, I had been self-employed in a couple capacities yeah, off and on. And I was at a frustrating point. This is also why I wrote the second book, Overcoming mm-hmm. Burnout, because I was in the marketing and public relations industry. And, you know, I think if anybody knows, you know, 10 plus years ago when social media was invented, marketing and PR just fundamentally changed, you know, so people in that industry and and I was part of that. And I think I honestly wrote it out of frustration because I did understand my ADHD a lot better at that point. I knew a lot of entrepreneurs that built very successful businesses. And Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of the books and they were either on parenting skills for, you know, if you had a child with ADHD, or they talked a lot about medication or what have you. Yeah, And I really wanted to get into the positives of ADHD. I wanted to give people a little bit of inspiration that, yeah, here's somebody who's like me, who might have been a Mm -hmm. train wreck in school, but figured it out, built a successful business, was happy in life. I mean, I didn't go as far as to use the superpower word, because I know that can be sometimes the third rail of, of ADHD. Yeah. You know, but there are clearly a lot of people out there who have built successful companies and successful careers Mm -hmm. with ADHD. They've learned how to manage it. And I thought if not only we can tell these individual stories, but there's something to learn from people who have Mm -hmm. navigated it. Yeah. Well, I think you, you know, that you are right. I mean, one of the things I often talk about with clients is the idea that when you're growing up in a neurotypical environment, a predominantly neurotypical environment, you do get taught how to organize your life, how to do things in a way that just doesn't fit your brain. So sometimes it's just about even understanding that that is what you've learned can be the first step to figuring it out. For example, with writers, you know, why 10 minutes or an hour a day just isn't working for you in terms of Mm -hmm. writing. Yeah. And again, that's, as you know, working with people, uh, Mm -hmm. that's different. You got people that take writing, for example, where maybe they could write 10 or 15 minutes. Other people could write for three days straight. Yeah. So we're all different. And that's why I incorporated different types of stories in there. So people could relate to the different people and industries and backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So what do you think is the most common thing people with ADHD can struggle with at work? I think it comes down to systems. And I think there's probably a a number of things that fall under that category. Mm -hmm. But I know when I've worked with people, it kind of comes down to that where You know, I've worked with people that are in a job, but just can't seem to get everything done. I've worked with people that maybe got promoted and now they're like, oh crap, now I've got more responsibilities and maybe more urgent responsibilities or important responsibilities. Mm -hmm. But I honestly think it comes down to the systems that somebody implements in life and their career. And I think one of the biggest things, if we want to go down a level is managing time. So yeah, but managing time, managing energy, constructing your work week in a way that works for you that allows you to get stuff done according to your brain. Like for example, I'll give an example with me. I love to get my more important, urgent and critical thinking tasks done in the morning. So 
as you mentioned, I, you know, I do a lot of writing. And like I said, I still mm-hmm. run my marketing business. So I do a lot of writing for other clients. So mm-hmm. I like to get that done between, you know, 6am and 2pm. Then my brain mm-hmm. starts to kind of shut down. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do other less important tasks that don't require a lot of brain power in the afternoon. During that low executive functioning time. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Things that I could do blindfolded, you know, (laughs) and then it comes down to some people are halfway there. Like I've worked with people and they said, well, I blocked out this time and I'm like, cool. What are we going to do with it? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, we're halfway there. Okay. That's cool. You blocked out the time, but you don't know what you're going to do with it. So, yeah. So some people kind of have the right idea. And then another big thing is just the to-do lists under that system. It's like, what works for you? Do you want an electronic to-do list? Do you want a piece of paper? Where does it need to be? Does it need to sync to your phone and your iPad? Does it need to be in your face? It needs to be flexible. That's one thing. (laughs) Yeah. So to answer your question in the short version is it really comes down to helping people kind of methodically build a system based on what's going on in their life. Totally. Yeah. No, I agree. In terms of self-employment, because, you know, you've obviously had so much experience with, you know, running your own businesses, doing your own things. One of the biggest struggles that we tend to see from people is that self-motivation. No one is externally monitoring them. You wake up in the morning, like you said, you have those systems in place now, but for a lot of people, it can be really tough. They want to do it, but then it's hard to motivate. Is this something that you've experienced? Yeah. And I think Mark Cuban who is on Shark Tank. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. get Shark yeah. Tank over there. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> he said one thing is you don't you don't have a business unless you have a repeatable, duplicatable system. And there's mm-hmm. that word again. But I think that is important if you're self-employed, or you're running a small mm-hmm. business, that you do have to, you can't just walk into your office and go, okay, what am I going to do? So what did, what did you end up doing with that? You know, if you've experienced that, what was the kind of, thing that got you going? Because obviously you've done so much. It's taking a longer term look at my calendar Mm -hmm. and trying to plan more than a week. And I try to revisit my calendar at least once a month because things change all the time. I got a kid in school. I have an aging parent. Mm -hmm. So things do change on a regular basis here. It's almost like I have to be ready for change. And I think that's common experience. Yeah. Yeah. So while I do, again, try to get certain routines and things in place and try and do similar projects or tasks or what I call theme days, where I'll carve out almost an entire day for one type of activity, mm-hmm. whether it be writing or going to networking events mm-hmm. or, or or what have you, you know, or, or doing projects for clients, mm-hmm. those types of things. I'm constantly shifting those days and times around to make sure that they continue to work for me. If you don't, and you just continue to plug holes and turn your week into what I would call plug and play, then that's one of the reasons that people with ADHD go into burnout, Mm. you know, because they don't, they don't have those systems and they're not managing Mm -hmm. their time properly. And those conflicting demands as well, when you get through that. Yeah. And I think adults with ADHD get to burnout faster than than neurotypical. The research would back you up on that. I think, you know, the research indicates that masking can be a factor as well on top of everything else. And that can be the tipping point sometimes for burnout. Yeah. I mean, when I went through burnout and wrote the second book, you know, writing a book on ADHD, holding down a weekly podcast, when I really got into writing the book, 
it should have been more obvious to me than it was <laughs> that I was not properly managing mm-hmm. my time. I could have done a much better job, you know, and yeah. we've done countless podcasts on time management and everything else with various people over the years. Yeah. It should have been obvious to me. But so that's why I'm I'm almost relentless as an entrepreneur now with not only managing time, but protecting personal time. Yeah, those boundaries are so, so important when you're talking about burnout, being able to protect your time and protect your space. I think it can really be tough. And even if you work for yourself, that does not mean that things are not coming at you from all angles and taking in those boundaries for sure. No, and it's interesting. I I did a podcast earlier today with someone else out here in the Boston area. Mm-hmm. And that's what we talked about is protecting that personal time. And in the beginning, when you're an entrepreneur, maybe the first couple of years, you're taking any business you can get and you're trying to please clients and, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to lose money because you don't want to lose that venture, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And but, but as time goes on and you build your business, I think you are more able to set those parameters and those boundaries. So sometimes in the beginning, you do have to do what it takes. But over time, I think it can get easier to set Mm -hmm. those boundaries if you have the confidence to do so. Definitely. If you like what you're listening to, then please subscribe. It really helps other people find out more about the ADHD Skills Lab podcast. Do you have any advice for other people who might want to work for themselves, but they are worried about how that's going to, you know, work with their executive functioning struggles? I think they should work with a coach or at least a mentor. Mm -hmm. And I think more specifically, if you are starting a business, maybe find somebody that has business experience that might have done some of the things you want to do or has that that experience, because then they can kind of relate to maybe some of the things you're trying to achieve in your business. And some of like, again, going back to that word systems and routines and, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and different things you can learn from maybe their mistakes. But I think it's a good blend if you're working with, you know, an ADHD coach or or a mentor. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important step in the beginning if people mm-hmm. can afford it. Otherwise, you're you're going to kind of muddle your way through launching a business without fixing your habits and your executive function struggles and what have you. Yeah, I got a business mentor right from the beginning and it was hugely, hugely impactful. I think having somebody who can just help you break things down and make them seem normal and less intimidating so that you don't have that self-criticism, perfectionism, and everything else adding to that executive functioning struggle. Yeah, 100%. I definitely agree with you. Right. And I made mistakes in the beginning, like, you know, Mm -hmm. going back to making sure I wanted clients to be happy and everything else, that whole people pleasing came into play. Like I had Mm -hmm. clients out 60, 90 days. These are big companies. Mm-hmm. I would just send another follow up the following month, you know, to try to not rock the boat, so to speak. And then <laughs> finally, it would get to like 90 days. And some mm-hmm. of these clients were on retainer. And I'd be like, hey, can you pay up? And they're like, oh, oh, you know, we're sorry, whatever. And and then my response would always be like, oh, no worries. Don't worry about it. You know, yeah. And I'm like, no, that's wrong. And now you're spending a lot of extra time following and chasing those emails as well. Time that you didn't necessarily plan to. Yeah. And you get stressed out, you get resentful, mm-hmm. you know, because you're like, I'm working for this company and they won't even pay me, but I don't have the confidence to actually confront them. So, mm-hmm. and I think working with a mentor, somebody right mm-hmm. in the beginning and not making those mistakes because adults with ADHD are prone to those mistakes. Yeah, I, I totally agree. If anybody's listening and they have made those mistakes, I just want to say it's all good. We've all done it. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah. well, exactly. Yeah. Don't, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't take us the wrong way. We're, we're trying to help you not make those mistakes, you know, <laughs> but we do make them. Okay. And like you said, if you've made them fine, water under the bridge, let's fix them. <laughs> yeah. No, a hundred percent. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I just have some ADHD quick questions to end there. Just some questions that I ask everyone. Tell us about one professional achievement that you are the most proud of. I think working with Special Olympics, but mm-hmm. being able to take my my experience on the national and international level. I mean, I was yeah. hired as the PR director here in Massachusetts, but I quickly started to get tapped into national projects. I worked on some world games. I worked on world games that were hosted here in the US. I helped out with the world games in China. And then one of the, I guess, pinnacles, and it sounds a weird way, but when the founder of Special Olympics passed away, Eunice Kennedy Shriver, I helped manage all the media here in Massachusetts because the Kennedys are are from Cape Cod here, from Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And as you can imagine, it was an international media event. And I basically spent a week managing local, national, sometimes international media. So from a kid who was scooping ice cream to being able to work on a project like that, I think I hold that as one of one of my accomplishments because I never went to school for PR. No, that's so cool. Yeah, definitely. And conversely, is there a professional failure that you've been embarrassed by in the past? You know, how did you deal with that? Because a lot of us, you know, have those experiences as well. I think there's probably several. I'm not sure I could put my (laughs) finger on one, but I think as entrepreneurs, we try and launch new projects or Mm -hmm. enter other areas of business. And maybe we didn't totally prep ourselves completely or the idea just for some reason didn't work. So I'm not sure I've been embarrassed by anything, but I've learned to just walk away. You know, if I think I did something that was wrong in the planning process or I missed something, mm-hmm. you know, we might give it another shot. But if something just crashed and burned, I'm I'm totally cool walking away. Yeah. And I think that's a good skill. That's a good skill to learn on top of everything else is being able to do that because that self-regulation piece is so huge with ADHD, being able to like regulate from those, you know, uptimes, but also those times when things go wrong, being able to be like, okay, you know, I'm going to do these things. I'm going to get back into it. Yeah. So that's, that's really good to know. Yeah. I don't think I've ever like hit under the covers, you know, for two (laughs) weeks because I, because I screwed up some project or anything. I'm just not, you just got to get up and figure out your next move. And I, I think that's a quality of people with ADHD. Yeah. That movement. Yeah. We're good at just kind of saying, all right, whatever, move on. What's next? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of what's next, if you had an ADHD life motto, you don't have to pick just one, but if you had one, what would it be? Be in charge. Don't let your ADHD run you. Don't let things going on in your life control you. Be in charge. Be in charge of your ADHD. Own it. As my friend Jeff Copper, another ADHD coach says, own your Mm -hmm. ADHD. Mm -hmm. Make sure you have self-awareness. But only other things going on in your life. Like I mentioned, I I have an aging parent and I drive him to um, a fair amount of medical appointments. But there was a time when he would book those appointments or the doctor would book the appointment and I would just have to just stop everything and have to take him. And sometimes in the middle of the day, 
you know, and yeah. if I have to drive far and pick him up and then go to the appointment and bring him back, I, went, I mean, I mean, I can kill an entire day. So now I make medical appointments. I call and because I'm driving him, it's got to fit into my schedule. Mm-hmm. So, for example, mm-hmm. I always ask for the last appointment of the day if I can. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't always work. But I mean, that's one of many examples of being in charge and not letting to the extent you can, the circumstances in life destroy days and weeks on end because you're you're responding to everything. So my motto would be be in charge, take charge as much as you can. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much, um, David, for taking the time to share your story and your ADHD skills with us today. Where can people find out more about you and uh, awesome things that you do? Yeah, it's just overcomingdistractions.com. They mm-hmm. can find the two books there, Overcoming Distractions. You can find Overcoming Burnout. So if people are listening to this and they're getting to the point where they are feeling burned out, they can re- it's not the book is not ADHD specific, but I think people can relate to the advice and the stories that are in that book. I've got a couple courses on there. One is a time management course. One is ADHD in the workplace. And the third one is just diagnosed with ADHD. And I, I approached that like what I have done 40 plus years ago, had I known what would I have done and what would I have asked for differently? So they can find all those things at overcomingdistractions.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, David. Great to have you on. Yeah, thank you. And uh, good luck with this podcast. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to reach out or connect with us, you can leave us a message at admin at unconventionalorganization.com. You can also find out more about our ADHD coaching organization, read our free articles, or sign up to our online courses at unconventionalorganization.com. That's organization with a Z or an S. They both will get you there. If you'd like to learn more about what we discussed here today, or you want to read the transcript, you can find that at our show notes page at unconventionalorganization.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast and think someone else might find the strategies and stories helpful, the best thing you can do is share episodes using the share button in the podcast player or leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify or your podcast player of choice, letting them know why you've benefited from this podcast. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you back in the ADHD lab next week.